Father, thank you for this day and that you make beautiful things. You grab us, God, and you mold us and you change us. And Father, today as I bring your word, may you use this for your purpose and your glory. Anoint me for this task. Help me to remember what I prepared and maybe present it in a way you people can get understand in Jesus' name. Amen. Michelle and I purchased our house in 2005. And in 2005, I went about working in the back, uh, backyard. I dug up the weeds. And about a year later, of, after lots of work in the backyard, I wanted to um, put in a veggie garden. So I found a plot. I dug up the grass. I put some timber around the outside and then dug the dirt up and pulled all the rocks out and, 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 and got the soil ready for planting. I, uh, be, just before I planted the plants, I hadn't purchased them yet, but I planned on planting all these plants, all these vegetables in the garden. We uh, went on holidays to our usual two-week holiday north, and when I came back from the holiday, I went in the backyard, and to my surprise, some wonderful people named Ross and Nikki Freeman and their son Ian had been to my house, and they built me, planted me this wonderful, wonderful veggie garden, like amazing veggie garden, much better than I could ever do. There was beans, carrots, tomatoes, and other things, corn, and lots of things in this garden. And all I had to do was water it, right? And they just grew, and I ate them, and eating them straight off the tree is just the best, isn't it? Better than Woolworths, straight off that, straight off that tree. Now, just imagine if um, Ross and Nikki decided to find some soil that had rocks in it, a thin layer of soil but had rocks in it, and they planted these plants. Those plants would have been okay for a while, but as soon as the sun came out, those plants would have scorched and died because the roots went deep. Or imagine if, if, if Nikki and Ross got those plants and planted them. I'm trying to remember the other soil I need to get to. The weeds. And they planted them. And then these weeds grew up with the plants and the weeds choked the plants. And maybe the weeds, the plants may have produced some fruit, but they would not have been anywhere near as fruitful as they could have been if there were no weeds. Or imagine if Ross and Nikki just got the seeds, like Stu the chef did, and threw them around and some landed on the footpath that went out to the clothesline. And the birds came and ate them, there would be no plants at all. I share that story because that's a story very similar to what Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. It's also in Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8. It's in three Gospels. This is a really, really, really important parable for us. And it's about people and about how people grow. The parable goes like this. Jesus tells a story of a, of, of a sower a farmer who went out and scattered seed, and that seed, some of it landed on the path, and the birds ate it. Some of it landed with rocks, and because of the rocks, the roots, the roots of the plants could only go down a small way, and as the plant grew and the sun came, the plants withered and died, and here's a picture of that. And everyone went, oh. Seed among thorns, and those crops were choked and didn't fulfill fruit, were not fruitful because they were choked. And finally, the soil put it in good soil, which produced a crop 160, 30 times that which was sown. And then in, and then in Matthew chapter 13, then Jesus goes on and explains the parable. Oh, there's the crop that that seed produced. He describes the parable in verse 18. He says this, listen then to what the parable of the soil means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, and I stop there for a moment because Jesus spoke about a kingdom, 
where he was king and people could come under his kingship and his lordship. And friend, if you're a Christian this morning, you're part of his kingdom because Jesus is your Lord. He's the king and he's the ki- And as the king, he sets the direction and we say, yes, Lord, I'm here to serve you and honor you. And so Jesus presents this message of the kingdom. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is a seed sown among the past. Jesus says that some people hear the message of the kingdom, the message of Jesus. And before they believe it, before they put their trust in Jesus, Satan comes and snatches that message away. That's really sad. And you're going to read more about that on Tuesday as you go through your, where, where we're, calling, we're calling it growing daily. And maybe you're here this morning and you have not yet made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe this is your first time at church or you've been in church many, many times. If you have not yet made a decision to follow Jesus, well, friends, do not let Satan snatch that message from your heart. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of it. Allow Jesus to be your king. The second soil, verse 20, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once they receive it with joy. The roots go down and they start to grow, but then, but since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. These people commit their life to Jesus, have Jesus as their king, but then trouble comes. And in Luke's account, he uses this. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Trouble, persecution, testing comes to these people. And Jesus says because their roots aren't deep, in other words, they haven't done foundations that, that, that new believers course that I wrote. They haven't learned about the goodness of God and his fullness. They haven't yet taken the truth of the word of God and put it into practice. When this trouble, this persecution, this testing comes, they fall away. And, it's mo- and, and this trouble is most likely someone giving them a hard time for being a Christian. I remember when I was 17 years of age, I got serious about Jesus. And when I got serious about Jesus, I started to live differently. My friends recognized that I no longer did what they did, didn't speak like they spoke, and acted differently. And as a result, they didn't like it. And they didn't say it, but what they did, they put a distance between me and them. And they started to not invite me to places simply because I was a Christian and I didn't want to do what they did. And maybe because I preached to them about Jesus all the time as well. But I was rejected from my friends because of how I was living and and what I believed. And in in that moment at the age of 17, I had a choice. To do like these people did in this story, to say, you know what, I'm not following this, this uh, Jesus guy anymore because I want to be accepted by my friends. Or, no, I'm going to continue to choose him because I know who he is, I know what he's done, and I, and I know what he has for me. And then, guess what? That's what I chose because I'm still here today. Maybe you're being persecuted for your faith. Maybe you're, you're, a family member's giving you a hard time. Someone in the workplace. Maybe you didn't receive a promotion because of your faith in Jesus. 
However you're treated, if you're treated poorly by Jesus, do not give up like these people. But rather, I believe Jesus would say to you, grow deep roots. Go deeper in your understanding of who God is and what he's done for you. And not just head knowledge, but make it heart knowledge by living it out. Ben on on the screen talked about Sam Riley's emphasis on ruthless trust in Jesus. That the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. I'm going to cling on to God no matter what comes my way. I'm going to have deep roots, I'm going to strong and I'm going to keep going. If you've been persecuted, get deep roots, keep going, put your faith into action. The third type of soil. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Friends, these people put, commit their life to Jesus and they start to grow and their roots go deep and they're doing really well for a while, but then distractions come. What are these distractions? It says here, the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth. Luke uses this description. They are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not, do not mature. Matthew's gospel said they become unfruitful. These Christians get distracted by the pursuit of wealth. I like what that person's got. I want it and I'm going to pursue it. They get distracted by, I want the highest place. I want the place of privilege. I want the place of prestige. I want these people to like me, so I'm going to act in this way. And they make that their God. These people get worried about things and they focus on maybe sick people or or relationships that are damaged or the loss of a loved one. and, And all these things become the main focus in their worlds. Now let me say this, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. There's nothing wrong with being liked by other people. There's nothing wrong with being concerned about people if they're sick or, there's, or concerned if there's a relationship bust up. There's nothing wrong with that. But where it goes wrong is where that becomes the focus of your life. And you say, Jesus, you were the boss. Now you're over here because this is more important for me right now. And they pursue that. And I reckon this is a whole heap of Christians. And I reckon it's a whole heap of us. Where Jesus was Lord, but life has come and distractions have come and other things have got in the way. If this is you this morning and you recognize it, repent. God, I'm, it's wrong what I've done. I want to live differently. I want to change. The final soil, the good soil. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times that which was sown. Friends, this is the soil. This is the person who God desires you to be. This is the one where you put your trust in God and you live a life that is fruitful. Let me define fruitfulness for you. If you want to be fruitful in your life, the first thing is you need to get free. You need to get free from the baggage of the past, free from sin, free from addictions, free from bondage, free from struggle. Get free in every area. Now, you're never going to be perfect, but you need to go on a journey because if you're weighed down by all this stuff, 
You can't move forward and you can't offer to others if you've got all this stuff. Release. Get free of the things that are holding you down. And as you get free, then fulfill your purpose. How you fulfill your purpose? Twofold. Number one, it's through personal transformation. Jesus wants fruitfulness for your life. He wants a crop from your life. And you do it through through fulfilling the purpose God has for you. And the first step is through personal transformation, where you become like Jesus. Where you go on a journey, where God changes you, where God moves you, where his Holy Spirit does a work, where the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, these things, the work of the Spirit come out of our lives and we display them because of the transformation that God is doing in us. First step in fulfilling your purpose is be a person who is transformed by God. Get in the Word. Allow His Spirit to do His work in you. Become more and more like Jesus. Second thing, you want to crop? You want to be fruitful? Influence others. Influence them for God. Influence them for the kingdom. Serve them. Love them. Share the message of Jesus with them. Think about your children and how you can influence them to be men and women of God. In our children's ministry, we're doing something beautiful, which I've shared, is that they are developing our teenagers into leaders of children's ministry. They are influencing them. And our children's leaders influence children, and our youth leaders influence youth, and our young adult leaders influence young adults, our life group leaders influence their life groups, mentors influence the people they mentor, friends influence others. And by doing so, you'll bear fruit. One last thought, we finish. The scripture talks about 160, 30 times that which was sown. What does Jesus mean by that? Some people would say, well, it's about people's capacity. Sam Riley's capacity leading a business, a global business with over 100 staff, huge capacity. And therefore, you'd expect Sam to have 100 fruitfulness. But you might look at someone else and go, well, they haven't got the capacity like Sam's got, so they're going to produce less. And I think that's true, and I think that's okay, because you see that in the parable of talents. People are given one or two or five, depends which version you read, one or, I can't remember the numbers, five and ten, and they reap ten, five, and the person who has one doesn't do anything, and Jesus is not okay with that. So part of this is capacity. If God has given you many, many gifts, he expects a really, really big crop because of how he's built you. But the other side I want to suggest is this. That your crop, your fruitfulness is dependent upon your obedience. See, Christians say no to God. I'll say that again. Christians say no to God. Should they? Should they? They shouldn't, should they? But they do. And if God says, here's an opportunity for you to influence someone. Here's an opportunity for you to change. And if you say no... Your crop is reduced. So you might have a heap of capacity, but if you're disobedient and say no to God, well, your crop's only going to be this big. But if you say yes to God and your capacity is this big, well, then the crop is 
How's your obedience, Christians, today? So where are you this morning? Are you someone who's here like the path and the seed is, is sitting there but it hasn't gone in yet? Today can be your day to have Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Maybe you're like the second soil where there's rocks and, and your roots aren't deep and, as a, and, and not as a result, but your roots aren't deep. If your roots are not deep and you start in the Christian journey, get help. Talk to Ken. Talk to me. Talk to your life group leader and we'll help you get deeper roots with God. And if you're being persecuted at work, you're finding it difficult in, in your family, wherever you're at, keep going. Keep going in your faith. Continue to find out who God is and put your trust in him. Third type. I reckon this is many of us. Maybe you started the journey really well. We're talking about the the, uh, weeds. And Jesus was Lord and he was king and you were honoring him and loving him and serving him, but then distractions have come in your life. You're pursuing other things, prestige, finance, a relationship broke ups, a difficult relationship has taken all your focus. Or sickness in the family has taken all your focus and you said, no, I can't do that right now, Jesus, I need to. Now, obviously, Jesus wants you to care for your family and Jesus wants you to be financially healthy and Jesus wants all these things, but if, if, they, come the, but if they become the main thing, they become idols and that is bad. If that's where you're at, recognize it, repent this morning. Or maybe you like the fourth soil. And things are going great. Well, friends, you haven't made it yet. Mr. Rex, where's he? You're 88. You've nearly made it. The end. Like, you're nearly there. We had a chat with Mr. Rex the other day. We were talking about his funeral and about finishing his life well. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. He's lived a wonderful life honoring Jesus. And you, we've already honored you on a Sunday, Mr. Rex. We want to honor you again. He's nearly there. But for the rest of us, we've got many, many years of growth, of personal transformation, and influencing of others that God would want for us. And if that's you this morning, keep going. Keep being the people that God we want you to be. Let's stand. I'm going to invite the team up. And as the band plays, I'm going to head out to Liverpool and present this stuff up here, and Ken's going to close the service for us. Let's stand. Let's pray. If you're here this morning and you haven't yet committed your life to Jesus, pray this prayer with me in church. Pray it with me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to commit my life to Jesus from this day forward in Jesus' name. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, you just become a Christian. We want to help you celebrate. But maybe you're in another spot. Maybe you're like the second saw and the roots aren't deep and you're getting a hard time. Or maybe you're the third saw and there's distractions. Take a moment. Take a moment. Talk to God about where you're at. Ask him to meet you in that place. And maybe you're at the fourth soil and you are growing and you are bearing fruit. You are being transformed. You are influencing others. In this moment, say, God, what's next for me? What's next for me?